What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. You can also find me uh, at nomoreparties.com over there. We've got running back rankings for Devi, Dynasty, Rookie Drafts, as well as three articles per week with uh, the best running back analysis that you're going to find in the fantasy space, if I say so myself. So check it out. And today's video is, one, th one thing I do, I, my specialty is not converting these like player evaluations into fantasy football insights, in part because that's not exactly what I'm interested in. I like, I like watching players, I like thinking about players, I don't really give that much of a shit about fantasy football, but nobody cares about, at least as far as audience goes, people don't care really, unless it's in the context of fantasy football, so that's what I do. But as much as I don't like to, you know, care about fantasy football that much, I have to, and in order to force myself to think about these players in the context of fantasy football, at least more than I already do, is looking at them in the context of a seven-round mock draft. We have one here today from Cam Melor. I think that's how you say his name. He used to work for PFF, now works for Pro Football Network, put together a seven-round mock draft. I believe just like, it was pretty recent. It's since the Panthers traded for the number one pick, so pretty recent. Uh, I'm filming this while the legal tampering period opened on Monday for the first time. So some of the stuff in here will likely be eviscerated by free agent news. But in general, I think this is a decent exercise to see in a semi-realistic scenario with landing spots, with draft capital, how would my opinions of these players relative to each other change and how would I then handle them in a rookie draft? So that's what this is forcing myself to think about these players in the context of fantasy football. Let's do it. In this mock, Cam Millor has two running backs going in the first round. The first one is Bijan Robinson at the 19th overall pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a situation where the Buccaneers also took Hendon Hooker. The next pick would be uh, Jameer Gibbs at the 27th overall pick to Buffalo. After that, we got A-Chain to the Giants as the only running back in round two. We've got Charbonnet and Tajay Spears in round three to the Cardinals and the Panthers. And in this situation, oh, A-Chain, in this situation, Saquon stays. So Saquon re-signs or whatever. A-Chain is now presumably the backup to Saquon Barkley uh, with Spears. They, in the world where this mock is real life, they have Hopkins and they have Darnell Washington for whatever that's worth. Um, and then the only fourth round running back in this in this mock was Kenny McIntosh, which I thought was, that was a little interesting. I've seen people anticipate him not being drafted at all. He's also a Georgia running back uh, who is relatively productive, at least as a pass catcher. So I'm not sure what my expectations are for his draft capital. Fourth round is decent to Cincinnati. Uh, so does Joe Mixon leave? Who who knows with that situation? The first running back to go in the fifth round of this mock is Zach Evans. Also in this mock, the, the Bears take Paris Johnson. Obviously, they have Justin Fields opening lanes for their running backs. They just acquired DJ Moore. That's looking like a decent, decently juicy landing spot, especially if David Montgomery does not re-sign. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that would be, you know, if Montgomery leaves and Evans enters, that's a, that's a Thunderdome situation between him and and Khalil Herbert. You know, two men enter, one man leaves. Khalil Herbert's been a super efficient running back in limited work uh, behind Montgomery, been effective when he's started in plays of Montgomery. Evans has been super efficient in college, um, also, on, also on light work, but that's two, I mean, maybe not heavyweights, but the, the two really stud pure runners of the football vying for playing time against each other in the same backfield. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, and then next we got, we got like six running backs I hear, I think here that went in the fifth round. Uh, the next one would be Kendra Miller to Seattle. I think that's a, that's a little bit of a perfect fit, really. They, they would love him there. Marshawn Lynch, 
uh, Thomas Rawls, Chris Carson. They have recent history in Seattle of these like super hard running running backs who break a ton of tackles and just fight for every extra inch. Kendra Miller's that guy. He would not obviously be the number one back there because they have Kenneth Walker. But I think that's that's a nice spot for him. I'm not sure that his skill set is ideal for like having a backfield to himself anyway. So I think kind of a, a complimentary role would be good for him and they would love him there. So they would, they would use him um, as much as I think any team would in the context of him having like a backup role. And then next, Sean Tucker to the LA Chargers. And this is a little bit of an interesting one for me. It's a, hard to get a grip on um, because Sean Tucker's hard to get a grip on for me. I could see this being another Isaiah Spiller situation where Sean Tucker just doesn't quite have, you know, kind of the the technical cerebral skills at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's the opposite of some of Spiller's issue where he's just like not athletic and has to play hero ball. But regardless, Sean Tucker might have flaws in his game that result in him like not being as effective in the NFL as he was in college. So I could see him kind of flaming out. I could also see him being finally the guy that they want to either compliment Eckler or some trade rumors came out about Eckler today uh, where he was just given permission to, you know, talk to front offices of other teams. So if if Eckler left and Sean Tucker was the guy that they replaced him with, I don't think that's a bad spot for Sean Tucker. He might be kind of nice there. Um, But then after that, our fifth round running backs are Eric Gray to the Saints, Tank Bigsby to Dallas, which, you know, who knows what happens there. Is Pollard gone? Is Zeke gone? Is one of them back and the other one gone? Are they both back? There's a lot of different possibilities in Dallas. So a wide range of outcomes for uh, a guy like Tank, B- Tank Bigsby in Dallas, just given the you know circumstantial unknowns at this point. And then the last running back in round five here is Izzy Abanacanda to the Packers, which as a Packers fan, I wouldn't love. I don't love Izzy Abanacanda. And I really think they did this like four years ago. Dexter Williams came out in that Josh Jacobs class after a productive, one productive season in college, just like Izzy Abanacanda, Dexter Williams was the lead back at Notre Dame for basically one year, was efficient on the ground, was a upright runner with some explosiveness to him. I don't think uh, Dexter Williams has the long speed that Abanacanda has, but upright runners, explosive, one-cut type guys, efficient in college, not much pass catching work, like very similar archetypes. Dexter Williams was taken at the 194th overall pick in the sixth round, it's about 25 picks later than Abanacanda went in this mock. Obviously, Abanacanda is not the same player as Dexter Williams, but I think they're fairly comparable. Dexter Williams was not able to beat out Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams back in 2019. I don't know why a similar player would now be beating out Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Maybe Abanacanda is a little bit better than I think. I obviously don't think so because I think he's about as good as I think he is, which is a little bit better than most people think he is. I wouldn't be super excited about this as a Packers fan. And then we got three sixth-round running backs in... Deuce Vaughn, Roshan Johnson, and Chase Brown to the Rams, the Texans, and the Vikings uh, in that order. And in this in this mock, the Texans also took Bryce Young and Jordan Addison. I don't think Roshan Johnson supplants Damian Pierce. They, he probably eats into his workload a little bit, but he's redundant and inferior to Damian Pierce. They're similar archetypes. Pierce is just better. LA with the Rams feels like a spot where Deuce Vaughn like might actually have a chance. They are the team that drafted 2-2 Atwell, historically small for his position. They have Sean McVay. He's a creative guy, able to find creative solutions to problems on the field, able to use his players in creative ways. If anywhere is going to use Deuce Vaughn creatively, LA with the Rams, with Sean McVay, seems like one of them that could. Chase Brown in Minnesota is kind of whatever. Uh, And then we got Keaton Mitchell to Jacksonville in the seventh round. That's just Jamichael Hasty again. I don't think Keaton Mitchell is very different from that. And then Evan Hull to Tennessee, uh, which would be interesting. I like Evan Hull. 
want him to get drafted. Uh, here he gets drafted. But they got too many guys I like. Hassan Haskins is decent. Julius Chestnut is a guy I want to see six, is a guy that I want to see succeed. And I think he's good. Evan Hole, same thing. It just kind of a clogged back end of the depth chart there, no matter what happens with Derrick Henry. If Derrick Henry leaves, I can't imagine they go into the season with Haskins, Chestnut, and Evan Hole. None of those guys are proven in the NFL. They would bring in something else. But regardless, that's a backlog for playing time there. But overall, this is 17 running backs drafted, which would be the second fewest in the last decade. Going back to 2013, the fewest running backs drafted in a single year is 16. Beyond that, it was like 18 and up for every single draft. An average of 21 running backs taken per year in those 10 years. This would be the second fewest in that time span, which I think is a little interesting. This is a deep running back class. This would mean that guys like Chris Rodriguez, Mo Ibrahim, Dwayne McBride, Tyon Evans, Cameron Peoples, uh, Daenerys Prince, all of those guys would go undrafted in this scenario after being invited to the combine. So that'd be a little bit interesting, but I went ahead and put together uh, rankings for these 17 guys in the world where... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This mock comes to fruition, and I have Bijan at my RB1 spot uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm assuming Leonard Fournette does not sign with the Buccaneers in this scenario, so Bijan would be essentially eviscerating Rashad White. Any Anybody who thought Rashad White, there was still hope for Rashad White, it's gone when Bijan Robinson joins the team. Uh, Rashad White was not good last year. He would not eat much into Bijan Robinson's workload. It would probably be wheels up uh, with Bijan on the Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers are going to be bad. So if you want Bijan Robinson to be Saquon Barkley, here you go. Because this is him taking in the first round to a terrible team. I mean, the Giants were probably better back when Saquon joined them. They had Odell. Did they have Evan Ingram? Sterling Shepard? Eli Manning was the quarterback, I believe. Or maybe Daniel Jones. I don't know. Either way, the quarterback situation was better than what the Bucs have right now. I guess I'm ignoring Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. <laughs> but so the 
Bucks have some weapons as well, but this is not going to be a good offense is the point. So if you wanted Bijan to be Saquon, here you go. Here's his chance to be the centerpiece of an offense. In that situation, we're probably not hoping for a lot of efficiency, but he'll get the volume, be a three down back. No reason to knock him off the RB1 spot. Here, I would have Gibbs at my RB2, and there would probably be people who would take him ahead of Bijan, given the situational differences between Tampa Bay, bad, and Buffalo, seemingly really good. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They throw the ball all over the yard. They've been trying to put somebody, they, like they want a high-end pass catcher out of the backfield. They tried it with James Cook, who's okay. They tried it with Naeem Hines, who I don't even know if he got on the field much, but they've been bringing in these guys to try to fill this role that they seemingly envision for their offense, and none of them have quite fit. You can view that as an indictment of their system, just in this one particular area. It's not like it's an indictment of their whole system that they can't figure out how to get a receiving running back going, because that's not that important. But in the context of Jameer Gibbs in that role, it could be seen as an indictment that they've tried so many times with this particular role and it's just never worked out. Like maybe it's just something, given the personnel in their offense, given the way Josh Allen plays, whatever, that that particular role just isn't going to be super fruitful in the Buffalo offense, but you could just as easily look at it from the angle of they've tried, they just haven't had the dudes. Jameer Gibbs is now their guy. I think you could talk yourself into that as this is an underwhelming spot given the struggles they've had with this archetype of player, but the fact of the matter would be this is a first round pick to one of the best offenses in the league without an established high-end player at his position already entrenched on the depth chart. So this would be a really nice spot for Jameer Gibbs in my opinion, and would be one of the best spots, best best potential spots for him reaching the like Reggie Bush type potential that I believe he has. And then my RB3 in this situation would be Zach Charbonnet with the Cardinals. To me, this this would just look like a your classic rookie comes in with a veteran starter and supplants him and takes over the backfield by like midseason. James Conner's been solid for a long time. Zach Charbonnet's younger. He's got more juice. A lot of people have comped him to James Conner, which is interesting. I don't completely disagree. I haven't landed on that comp myself. It'd be interesting if they landed in the same spot because Charbonnet would just kind of be a younger version of him who Conner hasn't been efficient on the ground in a, in a few years. Charbonnet, I think, would have a better chance of doing that. Uh, he would be my RB3 here, a clear RB3. And after that, it would be A-chain probably. Second round pick, nice capital for a guy uh, this small, but with Saquon still there, presumably not on a long-term deal. But, you know, in Dable we trust, there with the Giants, he's going to be creative. I just don't want that creativity to look like gadget usage for A-Chain rather than legitimate running back usage, which I think he can do. So the talent's there, the draft capital's there, the environment is there for effective usage. I just hope that it's not gimmicky. But beyond that, I think you're then left with a tier of three guys. That would be Zach Evans for me at RB5 with the Bears. Then it would be Tajay Spears at RB6 with the Panthers. And it would be Sean Tucker at RB7 with the Chargers. Zach Evans in this situation, I think you're just betting on talent to win out in a spot where they've shown a commitment to running the ball. They're adding dynamic weapons. And Justin Fields is going to make life easier for running backs put Zach Evans in that offense, that environment is perfect for him to thrive. You just have to bet on him beating out whoever is there in the backfield, probably Khalil Herbert. That's that's legitimate competition, but if I'm if you're really high on Zach Evans, which I am, you kind of have to bet on the superior talent winning out. And not that I don't like Khalil Herbert, I think he's great as well. I think Zach Evans is just a little bit better. So I'd bet hi- bet on him as my RB5 in this situation. Ty J Spears here would just be kind of RB6 by default for me with the Panthers. I think this looks 
very similar to a Michael Carter, the lead back on a terrible Jets team with Ty Johnson mixing in. It would be Tajay Spears, the lead back on a terrible Panthers team with like Chuba Hubbard sprinkling in as the Ty Johnson. So not expecting a ton in this situation, but I think Tajay Spears is similar to Michael Carter, uh, maybe a little bit more juice with the ball in his hands. Um, this would be a throw him into your flex, some PPR-based relevance early on in his career before they just replace him with somebody better. Sean Tucker with the Chargers, though, like I said, could be interesting. That could turn into RB2-level usage if he if they trade Eckler or if he proves to be the sidekick that they've wanted for Eckler. That could be a productive role because Austin Eckler doesn't want 250 touches a year. He, he doesn't want to be run up the middle over and over. He's too small for that, and he knows it, and he's been wanting this team to find a running back to compliment him, and they've been trying to find somebody to compliment him. Sean Tucker could be that guy. And after that, I have a small tier of Tank Bigsby at RB8 with Dallas, where similar to Sean Tucker, that's a wide range of outcomes spot for me. I like it because the Dallas front office uh, has shown a willingness and an affinity for running the football and finding guys at running back that they like to feature. And so if Bigsby is there, I don't think he's necessarily... There's a couple different scenarios. If Zeke and Pollard are both back, Bigsby is irrelevant in fantasy. He might eat into Zeke a little bit. It's like a change of pace. But I think they'd be pretty solid there with Zeke doing the dirty work, Pollard doing the things he does out in space, and with explosive plays, Bigsby would just be the third guy. If Pollard is back and Zeke is not, I don't think Bigsby has enough Zeke to his game to earn those reps over Pollard doing the dirty work. And if it's Zeke back and Pollard gone, Bigsby is a finesse back, but I don't think he's he's as explosive or as good as Pollard in order to kind of eat into Zeke's workload as much as Pollard did. So we're kind of splitting the difference here on upside with with Bigsby and the Cowboys offense, but it's a decent spot. And I'm open to the idea that the last few seasons he was just hurt or playing hero ball too much and that Bigsby is actually a lot more talented than he's looked since his freshman season. So interesting spot, wide range of outcomes. Kendra Miller with the Seahawks. I talked about that a little bit earlier. He would be the clear backup to Kenneth Walker in my opinion, but they would, they would use him. I think Seattle wants to run the ball. They would love him there. He would get sprinkled in. And if Kenneth Walker got hurt, I think they would feature Kendra Miller. I don't think he's well suited to that in the long term, at least at this point in, in his development. But early on, if Walker were to get hurt and Kendra Miller steps in, he's probably getting 20 touches a game on a team with a decent offense. Uh, and then after that, it's a massive tier of like, eight guys. I got Eric Gray to the Saints. I got Kenny McIntosh to the Bengals. Abanacanda with the Packers. Evan Hull with the Titans. Deuce Vaughn with the Rams. Roshan Johnson with the Texans. And Chase Brown with the Vikings. I wouldn't be super interested in any of those guys enough to kind of pull them out of that group and like, you know, plant a flag really. Eric Gray's the most the most interesting out of them. I'm, I, I don't know. I just don't see it really turning into fantasy relevance in many of these situations. And then the last guy uh, would be Keaton Mitchell. I just think he's too small and doesn't have enough other kind of difference-making traits to make us think he's going to be anything other than like a Jamichael Hasty or a Tyler Irvin or, you know, one of these small, quick, jet-sweep specialist-type guys you know, with the Jaguars, who already have an entrenched running back in Travis Etienne, so there's no no hope he's going to, like, be a starter. So there it is. In this fantasy world where Cam Malore's seven-round mock draft comes true, those are my rookie running back rankings. That, that's what I have for you today. Hopefully this was interesting at all. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Who knows? But have a great week. I'll see you on Saturday. Peace.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.